Father Harmon, greetings and good tidings. Greetings, Earthling. How we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, got my monthly fix of Sunday Mass uh, last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, not your monthly fix of Sunday Mass, but of presiding well, at Sunday Mass. Presi- th- that's clearly what I meant. <laughs> I, in turn, also didn't preside today. Uh, mm. Not to scandalize our listener, but we ha- we have a special mass here today. We had a special mass here today in our community for the renewal of our vows, and so our superior presides, and the rest mm-hmm. of us are there to renew our vows. You know, um, so it was actually kind of cool. Uh, his homily tried to fold in the the commitment with the disciples' call and everything, but um, he's a he's a scripture scholar, and so he tends to preach like he teaches scripture, which is <laughs> which isn't always my favorite way yeah. of preaching. Yeah. You know, yeah, where I, can, I don't it, care about the etymology of this article. Right, right. There's a there's a there's a teacher in one of our theologists who teaches uh, script, uh, homiletics, and he says uh, exegesis and like etymologies are like underwear. Ever everyone expects you to have one, but no one expects <laughs> you to show it. You know, it's like that's right. That's so right. so do the work beforehand, but don't don't make us suffer the exegesis. Yeah. No, I agree with that. So anyway, so let's just jump into this week. We have the fourth week in Sunday Sunday in Ordinary Time. Uh, What Mm -hmm. what jumps out at you right away? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, What do you make of this statement from Moses just right at the beginning? Uh, A prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you from among your own kin, Mm -hmm. and to him you shall listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is this, this isn't like a, is it a messianic prophecy? I think so. Yeah. Because I'm wondering if it if it could possibly be No, I agree with that. Okay. <laughs> okay, we look forward to Jesus. Great. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, we talk about prophets and those to whom we should listen. I mean, within the church, we've got many bishops, right? The pope. Um many people that the Lord has chosen um to whom we will listen. Mhm. Mhm. And so what does it mean? I don't know. And again, this is probably not something that I would go into in a homily per se, um, but I'm kind of building up my my underwear right now, I think. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean to trust that? Like to really trust that? That God will raise up prophets from among us? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I Let me see if I understand what you mean. So like we can read... Moses' words here very directly connecting them to the gospel of Jesus being the fulfillment of that yeah. promise. And that clearly is there in the scripture. But it probably was like Jesus as a f- historical figure probably wasn't in Moses' mind. Right. Right. So, right. like, how can there be meaning for this community that God raises up prophets from among them? Um, and us, too. Like, we can say that prophets are raised from among us uh, to. Yeah, to, t- to tend to the flock, to tend to the people. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, and you know, it's like, okay, well, we can... Oh, man, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. I think too often we can kind of pass the buck <laughs> for doing what's right. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is going to take care of that for me. Mm. Or, oh, well, clearly that's not something that I have to worry about. I don't have to proclaim, you know... Uh, 
this particular thing because somebody else is going to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, no, the Lord is saying, Moses is saying that the Lord is going to raise up people like you. <laughs> like you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you should listen to them. No, that's and good. maybe you. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, that, that, that connects well with the previous two Sundays with the call of the disciples, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I do, I do find one thing that's interesting is that line in Deuteronomy that follows this, this line is, this is exactly what you wanted. <laughs> so <laughs> you wanted this. You wanted people to be named to carry God's word. So you requested this of the Lord, and he's fulfilling his promise. So that raises another sort of dimension to this is, mm-hmm. what are the things that you pray for? And how is God raising up people around you to be prophets in that regard? And you're like, no, not really interested in hearing what you have to say when it's like God, God's telling you, you asked me for this and I'm sending it to you and you're not listening, you know? Yeah. How about that last line though? But if a prophet presumes to speak in my name, an oracle that I've not commanded him to speak or speaks in the name of other gods, oh yeah. Die. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, like, there will there will be prophets. There will be prophets, yeah. but true yeah. prophets. False prophets will die, but true prophets will speak on behalf of God. And that's great, you know? And it's, it is good what you say that we are called to be prophets, but I think the other dimension is also important, which is that we are surrounded by people who are communicating the Word of God to us, and how deaf are we to those voices, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather not listen to my community members when they try to tell me how to be a better person, you know? <laughs> I'd rather just yeah. write them off and say, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm yeah. fine as I am. Well, does this fall, Does this flow into our responsorial psalm? If today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Yeah, I mean, that's precisely right. Like, if if you're hearing the voice of God, then don't set your heart like stone against it. Mm-hmm. You know, are you actually listening to the prophets among you? Um, and that's a, that's a good question. And I don't think I always am, you know, um, there are plenty of people who try to tell me to be good in certain regards and I completely ignore them. Um, I'll tell you one good example, one example, just to bring it very practically, uh, cause this will dovetail into something else I wanted to say about another reading. Um, I, as you probably know, I am super prone to worrying and being anxious, (laughs) Uh um, I am a worrier and I get very anxious about things. And there are many people who have told me recently, don't worry about that. It'll all turn out okay. And every time they say that to me, I'm like, you can't say that to me. That doesn't help. You know, it doesn't help to just tell me not to worry about it. And I write it (laughs) off, right? I write it off because I want, like, I almost kind of want to worry. You know, like the worry becomes the familiar thing. And so, right. for so for someone to preach to me and say, stop worrying, it I just turn my heart like stone against it. And I say, you just don't get it, you know? <laughs> Where it could be the voice of God saying, look, I'm telling you, be not afraid. There's nothing to worry about. Um, yeah, that's just one example. And I, and I connected to the second reading just because the first line, brothers and sisters, I should like for you to be free of anxiety. <laughs> and I'm like, shut up, Paul. Boom. You have no idea what you're... <laughs> You don't know me. You don't know me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really good point. Um, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, what is there an example you can think of in your life of someone who's told you things that you're like, well, you just don't get it? <sighs> I mean, yeah, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I know what's right mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I have my own truth. Right. 
Right. And we just, um, we, we like to use that against like people who are relativists, but it's like, we're all, we all do that. We all do that. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because we, um, yeah, we want to be able to say, well, this is true. Well, it's okay. Okay. Here, here's the hard truth, father, mm-hmm. my son. <laughs> when we start using, and this is where really, I think the evil spirit is coming in. When we start using the language of prayer and discernment to justify what we really want to say, which is, I like this, or I think this. Hmm. That's when we start, I think, falling into that danger of uh, of what of what was going on in Deuteronomy. Like, we're not speaking now for for God or for Jesus, but we're speaking for myself. Oh, dude, 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 dude. Okay, so what I was going to say is that, oh, that just sounds just like a Pharisee, but... We'll look in the gospel. Is that Jesus is one who taught with authority, not like the scribes? <laughs> yeah, like the scribes do that. They do what you just said. Is that we take the words of scripture, we take the words of prayer, we take all of the cool things we've learned about spirituality, and we use them to justify our own desires or our own intents. And we do that without any real authority to do so. We're not really speaking on behalf of God. We're speaking on behalf right. of ourselves. Right. And right. we deserve we deserve to die, <laughs> and I mean that's the oldest sin of them all—the sin of pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right for sure. Um, and there's an interesting thing that happens, um, and I wonder if this connects. I I think it may, I think it might. So this unclean spirit, I've talked about this before, and I love when this happens. So we're in Mark chapter one. Yeah. Uh, and the unclean spirit. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Like, nobody else speaks like this yet, mm-hmm. except the unclean spirit. The unclean mm-hmm. spirit is the one that knows who Jesus is. Right. He's the one that's able to cut through and say, aha, wh- what do, what, like, he, okay, I'm getting myself all flustered. Uh, th- the unclean spirit is able to do something that none of the other disciples, none of the other people that Jesus is teaching to mm-hmm. walking with are able to say. Mm-hmm. Why is that, do, do you think? Um, yeah, I don't know. I So it's clear throughout the Gospel of Mark that every time he casts out an unclean spirit, he, he encounters a spirit that says, you are the son of God. Like, there's a recognition there. Um, so why would they know? I mean, there's a, I don't know, maybe they recognize divinity because they're they're fallen angels? I mean, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I guess the the hang-up that I'm having is that we... So we are falling into this trap of putting ourselves up as a god, mm-hmm. putting ourselves up as the truth. And the literal demons are able to, to, to kind of see through all of that and to point to Jesus as the Holy One of God. Oh, if only I could do that. <laughs> like... Hmm. I'd have a, I'd be a little bit better at seeing through my own, yeah. my own BS. How, however, however, like it's not sufficient to just confess with your lips that Jesus is right. Well, I mean, sure. I'm, I'm contradicting sure. Paul. I mean, Paul does say that, like you know, confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord. But there's also the conversion of your heart that that goes along with that. That the unclean spirits are clearly not. We call them unclean. I mean, they're unclean spirits for a yeah. reason. Um, so they know the truth. They just don't act it. And we're trying to act, but we don't know? It could be. I mean, I know a lot of things about God, but I am a terrible sinner, too. Like, 
You know, yeah. so don't tr- like the scribes. I'm sure are really knowledgeable about God, mm-hmm. but are very far from the kingdom. You know, um, it's not an like what does Jesus say? You know, not any everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom. Right. right. You know, when did we see you, Lord, hungry and whatever? Like when you did this to the least. So I think it's not enough to do like the unclean spirits or the scribes or anybody to just say that I know the Lord. And it's like, wait a minute. Do you also recognize his authority? Hmm. Ooh, ooh. So, ooh, okay, okay. Okay, David. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Uh, I'm going to take a page from your, book, from your book. Look at this Hallelujah verse. Mm-hmm. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light on those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death. Light has arisen. Hmm. What are we holding on to? What are we what are we clutching this dwelling place in a land overshadowed by death? Are we willing to see that light and to trust that it will that it will not only that it will rise, but it will overshadow hmm. the darkness? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we have a lot of security in the valley of darkness, you know, and there's a lot that we hold on to and clutch to, and the light can be piercing and blinding. Um, but there's a new way of living in Christ, you know. Um, but it takes the kind of humility to recognize his authority, the authority of the light over the darkness. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's really big. That's really big. Do we recognize him or do we recognize him and recognize his authority? Um because it's not enough to say like, oh, there's the Christ, but there's also the the disposition of John the Baptist. There is the Christ, and I'm not fit to untie his sandals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a really. I was having this conversation with some of the brothers um, over dinner a couple of days ago. You know, just you know, normal musings that we've got at community meal. Like, what is it? What is it about? We were talking specifically about about Jesuit schools. Like, what is it about a Jesuit school that sets us apart from other prep schools or other, you know, Catholic schools even? Um, and I likened it to, you know, the fact that mo- many people think about Christianity as a whole as nothing more than a system of ethics. Like, this is how you be a good person. That's right. That's right. It's like, well, no, there are lots of good schools out there there are lots of good people out there. Mm-hmm. And if that's our only metric for for goodness, then then there really is no reason to be a Christian because there's lots of good cr- people that are not Christians. Right, right. And so there has to be something more and I think and I think I'd be interested in in exploring this this idea of authority a little bit more. Yep. Like what yep. is that authority that is hey. that has not not just been given to me but is put over me that is I got to tell that you that I give that I give myself to. What is the source of all anxiety? <laughs> the source of all anxiety, I think, is being too big for your own britches. Like, think thinking yourself to be an authority in places where you're not. Like, like I like I was mentioning before with my own anxiety, I was praying this morning in my prayer, the prayer uh, that they do in Alco- Alcoholics Anonymous, the prayer for serenity. And one of the things I love about that is saying, look, help me recognize the things that I can actually have control over. And the things that I can't, yeah. the things I have yeah. no authority over to let them go. And anxiety comes when I don't make that distinction. When I think I have authority over my future, I start feeling anxious. But truthfully, my future belongs to the Lord. 
You know what I mean? And so, like, I think maybe there's a whole homily around what does it mean to submit to the authority of Christ? Like, you came at it with the angle of a Catholic school. It's like, we're trying to teach people how to recognize Jesus as Lord. Not just Jesus as guru, Jesus as neat, but Jesus as <laughs> Lord, you know? Um, right. And that kind of recognition differentiates us from the scribes, differentiates us from the demons, differentiates us from anybody. We recognize in all humility that Jesus is Lord over our lives. Um, and that's what's interesting about Moses is like Moses has authority over the people and a prophet like him will, will, will rise up. You know, it's not just someone who has the gift of tongues because Moses didn't have that. It's not just someone who's charismatic because Moses didn't have that. What Moses did have was authority. He was the lawgiver, you know? Mm, yeah, no, I like that a lot. Um, okay, so <sighs> authority. We've got, well, the prophet, the one who stands and speaks the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying, these are all good things. I'm trying to think of like, what's the, like, what's the good news here? What's the message of this week? Yeah, yeah no, that's good. It's hard. It's hard. And I, I'm very much drawn to the second reading, surprisingly, just because I, I do feel like, I think there's a bit of an epidemic of anxiety within Western yeah, culture. No, I think you're right. Um, and I think part, I mean, part of it is clinical and I don't want to minimize that, but part of it is probably born out of an, like an existential recognition that we 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 have been convinced that we are our own masters but we re- realize and recognize ourselves to be incapable of fulfilling that task so we are like servants in need of a master and we're wanderers and we feel anxious waiting for someone to tell us what to do and it's like there yeah, you go yeah. the, the source of your anxiety is the lack of submission to the will of god the lack mm-hmm. of an authority figure so perhaps a way of approaching this question of what is the good news is maybe a sobering like we just begin a sobering look at ourselves as beings with hardened hearts Mm. and what do we do with that how do we approach things like this anxiety that we've got this i think you're totally right this existential crisis of truth that's going on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and how do we see that great light and what is not only how do we see it but like what does that even mean like yeah. okay, we can say those who sit in darkness have seen a great light. Cool, but like, what does that mean? Yeah. How does how does that change anything? Mm. And instead ooh. of just being a nice thing to say, and not just a historical thing to say, like Jesus rose from the dead, Alleluia, Alleluia. But like in my own darkness, of my own despair, in my own anxiety, this morning, like I could feel the tugging on my heart of Jesus trying to light a candle right in the midst of my own darkness. Like how is it that Jesus is consistently lighting up the darkness that is enveloping whatever I'm experiencing, you know, whether it be illness or anxiety or frustration or purposelessness, Jesus lights a light that can carry us through, you know, because he has the authority over the darkness, you know, even the darkness is not dark for him. Right. And I mean, as we see in the gospel, like he literally can cast out those, those, unclean spirits from our hearts yeah hey i gotta tell you though i don't believe that like i know that's true but in my heart of hearts i know it's true but in my day-to-day life i probably don't believe that he can yeah yeah there it is like i i would much rather see like i think here's part of the the insanity is that 
I have all of my demons lined up in a row and they go with me everywhere I go. Like they're, they're, they, you know, in grade school when we would walk around and we'd all hold onto a, a rope. Like I have all of my demons <laughs> lined up in a row and they're all guard, like the guide rope. And Jesus is saying like, hey, let me cut that rope and let me loose those demons and I'll cast them out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm actually more comfortable with my demons and yeah. I'd rather you not. It's too painful for you to try and fix me. I'd rather just yep. be sick. Oof. So there's a. this will be my final thought. I'm going to give everybody some homework. Go mm-hmm. and read The Great Divorce because it's my favorite book. Um, but specifically that chapter, that little vignette of the uh, of the guy with the lizard on his shoulder. Mm, yeah. That's exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Can I yep. kill it? Well, no, I like it. Can I kill <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. That's it. Good. That's great. So I, I think, well, I look forward to hearing from you from next week to see how this all boils down. But I think you're right. There has to be good news. And I think for yeah. me, the good news is that Jesus can liberate me uh, from my own darkness, my own anxiety, if I want him to. You know? Yeah. Boom. Amen. All right, buddy. Till next time.